Welcome back to the show. I'm super excited for today's episode. We're going to walk through a real example of a client that had just come to me with some struggling sales with the digital course that they were selling. And I did a full audit and I just wanted to share the findings, what they were struggling with, and the exact plan that I had proposed to them to turn around their course sales. And it is seven easy steps that are going to apply to so many, so many people that are working with online courses. So super excited to to get started to dig in and share some insights that I really hope everybody can take something away with. Now, I cannot share the the exact details, the exact niche or any of those things. So everything that I present in terms of, I won't say the client name, I'm not going to use the niche, I'm just going to use another one that I'm just picking for demonstration purposes. However, the price points, um, you know, the $197 is the exact price point that it was. So some of those things might have some nuance depending on your own unique situations. But let's dive right in and I'm going to walk through kind of like the background, the kind of a high level overview of the problems that they were experiencing. And then I'm going to walk through what the proposed solution I was that I passed on to them to help turn around their course sales. So we'll kick things off with the background. So just to kind of give you the context, the lay of the land as we get started, this was a digital course. This was a course creator. They were selling a course bundle for $197. They were utilizing Facebook ads and paid traffic to drive course sales. And it was inside of kind of like the career niche. So that's what we're going to be using as the context for everything moving forward. So the current situation, they had spent about $3,000 on paid advertising and they hadn't generated a sale. So as we know, the course was $197. Obviously, we're trying to break even, trying to make some money on this. We won't, we don't want to spend three grand without making a sale. We always know that there's going to be a test and learn process with everything that we were doing. So I wanted to dive in and give a little bit of an audit for what was going on. The funnels that they were using to sell this, they were running ads directly to a sales page and they were also utilizing a webinar funnel as well. Something to keep in mind is that they did not have a social media presence. They were not active on social media, did not have an active following. So something to kind of keep in mind as we're teeing up the proposed solutions moving forward. So the initial diagnosis, so this is from a very high level view of taking a look at this. I immediately noticed some potential issues and roadblocks with the offer and the messaging. From reading the headlines on the pages and from reading the sales pages, I wasn't clear what was being sold. I wasn't clear who it was for. And I ran it by a few people that were inside of the target market and they thought the same things. They weren't quite clear what was being sold. They didn't know who it was for. They actually were confused. They thought it was being sold to the wrong person. So immediately, noticing that there was some immediate disconnects from a messaging standpoint. Um, moving forward to some of the, the other details, the lifetime value of a customer was simply too low. They had the $197 bundle, but there was nothing else being sold. So the maximum amount of money that somebody could spend would be $197. Note that there were no brand building activities going on. They were not you know, actively emailing an email list. They weren't building an email list. They weren't active on social media. 
So if we are zooming out and somebody clicks on their profile, to see who is running these ads, learn a little bit more about the people that are selling this product, there wasn't anything to back that up to provide credibility and viability to the brand behind what was being sold. So with all of these things being said, the, the one thing that really did stand out to me is the lifetime value of a customer. And the reason that one really did stand out is because even if all of the other things were addressed, if the offer and the messaging was great, if we did have a larger social media following to provide a little bit of credibility to the brand and some trust, $197 is simply not enough to be able to, to create a thriving business from. Now, this can definitely be a starting point, but it's getting harder and harder to sell low-ticket products unless we are somebody of influence with a very large following and a very large personal brand. So if we are doing something in that 100 to 200, that lower ticket range, even if it is profitable, let's say it's doing a 1.2x, a 1.4x ROAS, which is going direct to a sale for a low ticket product is something I've seen. It's getting more and more difficult to be able to do that. We need a lot of, you know, our, our T's got to be crossed and our I's got to be dotted to be able to accomplish that. But more importantly is once we take that into effect and we factor in staffing, we factor in the cost of our ads, we factor in our team, we factor in our agency, we are maybe breaking even or we're probably losing money. And because we don't have anything else to sell these people, we're relying all of our efforts on that initial sale to be driving the growth of our business. And in my experience, it is extremely, extremely difficult to be able to do that with that low of kind of like a lifetime value, the maximum amount of money that somebody can spend with your business. So this is something that it's really important to know that if we are wanting to utilize paid traffic to grow, having more money that people can spend with us is very important. And this is something that I'll touch on a little bit later as well. So kind of let's start to dive into the solutions. So solution number one was the offer. This is typically always going to be the first thing that I bring up because it's kind of the foundation, the backbone that's really going to drive the success or everything else that we're doing. My recommendation was to revise the offer. Now, I can't get into the the super specifics to, to protect the identity of the person that I was doing this with. But one of the things that I did outline is I would deconstruct their bundle and I would lower the price. I would turn the bundle components into order bumps and upsells and really start to lower the barrier of entry and then start to, we'll get into a little bit more of the details with the offer and the positioning in the further slides. So solution number two was really around messaging and positioning. Their messaging wasn't specific enough and it was too vague. So it was trying to capture the entire market as opposed to going to a very specific person within that market. They were also attempting to change very big beliefs. They had a unique opinion to something and they were playing this us versus them game, but with something that society believes to be true. And anytime we're trying to be that differentiated inside of our marketing, we have to know that when we are being critical of somebody's beliefs, there's going to be an immediate block. 
we need to be matching their beliefs or we need to overcome their beliefs. But in order to overcome their beliefs, we often need a lot of education to be able to do so, which is where the brand building activities come into play. So immediately with that, one of the core value propositions coming up against deep rooted society beliefs that really kind of puts a, a, a hamper on our potential for success because of the difficulty of that message. Now, just to kind of come into the specificity side of things, when we're talking about this and we're trying to go after an entire category because we don't want to cannibalize any sales, we don't want to leave anybody out. This can lead to things like, you know, how to make more money, how to get a job, how to advance your career, how to become more successful. These are very generic, very vague, and very open to everybody. However, we can drastically increase the perceived value the more narrow we can get. What's more valuable, how to advance your career or how to negotiate your salary at your first job? Or something like, you know, the seven secrets to a LinkedIn profile that gets shortlisted by recruiters. Starting to go to a very specific outcome, to a specific problem for a specific person in a specific time frame, the more of those that we can check off, the higher the value is going to be that people are going to pay for what we have to offer because they're going to be able to put themselves in those shoes. They're going to be able to know how fast they're going to get a result. They're going to know exactly the problem that's being solved and they're going to know it's for them specifically. As we start to get more vague, it makes it more difficult for people to see themselves in the outcome of that situation. And therefore, it actually decreases the amount of money they're going to pay for it. And that's something really important. Solution number three was pricing. Now, I had outlined that I would deconstruct the bundle. So they had a bundle of a few things kind of put together. And because it was putting that price point up at about $197, that's a little a little high to go direct from an ad, a cold traffic ad to a sales page. I would drop that down, probably going in the range of maybe $27 to $97. And then I would take the other components and I would add them in as order bumps and I would add them in as upsells, trying to get one to two order bumps and one to two upsells. And deconstructing this can allow us to also create more powerful positioning and trying to solve more specific problems for these people and for that right person that we're targeting is also going to allow us to increase that value and make it more appealing to them. Jumping into number four, um, I want to kind of touch on the funnel side of things. Now, they were utilizing direct to sales page and a webinar, and I do think that that's still, still an okay approach. I would, because they were already doing cold traffic to a sales page, I would retest traffic to a sales page. I would also look at utilizing a lead magnet with the offer on the thank you page, because if we're able to capture a lead, it's giving us more follow-up opportunities. We're, we're capturing their email address. So we can place an offer in front of them on the thank you page. We can then also start to nurture them on the back end, and we can present an offer from them utilizing emails, and then we can also start to drive them back to more educational content to overcome some of those big beliefs. We can also start to retarget them. We can start to add segmentation and some behavioral-based marketing. It just gives us a lot of follow-up kind of second chance opportunities so that if they don't buy initially, they're not just lost. So that's something that I would do right there. 
as well as I would, because this was new and we hadn't created any success, I would start to look at opportunities to get a little bit more live feedback as to where we're missing the mark, a little bit more in tune with the target market. Because this was a brand new offer, there wasn't any existing customers, we couldn't go out and kind of ask questions or look at reviews or look at the testimonials to see what was happening there. So I would look at potentially utilizing a, a live event, like a live webinar or a live workshop, potentially hosting something in a Facebook group instead of doing an automated video training. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be a permanent change. This could be very temporary. It could be one, maybe two, maybe three, but it gives us the opportunity to get a live feedback and refine the offer. If we do it live, we're going to be able to see where people were falling off. We're going to see what, how many people finish the training with us. We're going to be able to see the questions that they ask. If we host this in a Facebook community, it's going to allow us to have that interaction with people. So it does give us just a little bit more research along the way of refining that offer. Solution number six is email marketing. Now, this is something that wasn't currently in place and something that I would, it's across the board. This is something that we all need to get in place. So very basic. We need an indoctrination sequence. We need to be nurturing people and utilizing some uh, email list building activities or utilizing a lead magnet allows us to start to pull these people in, start to build trust, start to create some relevance for them and then allow us to start to put some content in front of them to overcome those beliefs and start to understand why our product is beneficial for them. Now, some very other small things, obviously, if we have a sales page or like a two-step order form, we can start to utilize some cart abandonment email sequences, which are very high converting. We can start to also in incorporate sales sequences. If they don't purchase, then we can start to utilize our email list to sell them. And then we can also start to start to segment our email list. We're going to capture people. Maybe this person wants to, um, is looking at their first job. Maybe this person is looking at getting their second job. Maybe this person is looking at getting a six figure paying job. Maybe this other person is looking at how do they write a resume? Maybe another person is looking at how do I optimize my LinkedIn profile? Every person's going to be at a different stage of their buying journey. And we can start to utilize surveys. Um, different behaviors, what emails they're opening, what links they're clicking on to start to create segments and group our contacts together. And then we can utilize those behaviors and segmentation to start to personalize our email marketing efforts, start to send them more relevant content, and also start to trigger specific sales sequences to present offers to them that are relevant to what they're looking for and to the problem that they're specifically trying to solve very important and this can create a massive upswing in the success of our marketing efforts and very simply the the effort of us deconstructing that bundle into separate products and then if they don't purchase right off the bat they don't purchase that initial one based on the segmentation and personalization we now have a number of email sequences that we can run them through or sorry sales sequences that we can run them through Maybe they're not interested in one, two, or three of those things, but they're interested in the fourth. And then we can create a sale and we can generate a customer there. And we start to increase our potential to generate revenue. From there, very simply, 
we want to roll people into kind of like weekly emails, utilizing periodic offers and hand raisers to draw in more sales. And if this is new and fresh, depending on what we're launching in the future, I might look at starting to do some like monthly workshops, monthly webinars to my email list based on the feedback, utilizing it as a testing grant for potentially even creating new products and offers in the future. Solution number seven is going to be brand building efforts. Now, this is something I'm going to be looking at implementing for every single person and business that I work with. If you are selling something online, it is vital. We very simply identify the primary platform, depending on your niche, depending on what you're trying to sell, and then consistently generate content. Um, we can get into the nitty gritty in, in further episodes and further videos on what that would look like. But your primary platform, if you're in careers, maybe that's LinkedIn. If you're targeting millennials, maybe it's TikTok. It's going to be very different for every individual person and every individual niche. And then it's starting to just be consistent and then starting to expand and layer on and add incremental complexity to those marketing efforts with time. But the biggest thing is consistency over time. It's the, the, the two most important things. Got to build an email list. It's a big part of our brand building efforts. We got to start to create assets that we own, that we can continuously market to. We can continuously put marketing and sales messages in front of. And then if we are looking at having some big claims, changing some big beliefs, we want to start to look at how can we start to create some longer form educational content and start to change and work towards changing those beliefs. We can't change a belief that we grew up with from a child in a 15 second video. We can't do that in, you know, three lines of ad copy. It's going to take more time. It's going to take longer and educational pieces of content. And it's going to come likely with repetition. A lot of times if we're trying to change people's beliefs, it's going to take putting a lot of different messages and taking some time with those people carrying them through that journey to be able to change those beliefs. And that's kind of what we got to do. If we want to take a stand and try and sell something that is going against the grain, have a marketing message that is taking the stance of us versus them, when the them is something that people have traditionally believed in, we can't expect to be able to get that and happen overnight. We will be able to capture that small sliver of the market that maybe has that same belief as we do, but if we want to scale, we're going to have to create some marketing efforts that support that. And with all of this being said, I would start to utilize that top performing content from our brand building efforts, pulling it into our ads and utilizing those in ads to drive more additional sales and build the email list, and then start to use kind of the behaviors of what everybody is doing across all of these platforms as triggers for sales campaigns. Let's say somebody watches 25 or 75% of a video. Let's say somebody watches a video, goes to our website, they view our product page, who now we can trigger and drop them into a retargeting campaign based on the behaviors and activities that they've done. Maybe they open a couple emails. We can start to utilize all of this behavioral driven content or behavioral driven data that we can gather from the platforms and use it to fuel our marketing activities. Oh, I got these numbered wrong, but uh, <laughs> solution number five here, this is backend. And this is just 
Just double check in here. Yeah, I got these in the wrong order. Uh, back end, but as I was saying before, $197 for the max amount of money somebody can spend with you is going to be very difficult to create a thriving business from. So what I would recommend in this situation is to look at launching a higher ticket offer, something in the four-figure range up into the, you know, thousands, maybe it's a $2,000 offer, maybe it's a $5,000 offer, maybe it's another course, maybe it's a, a small group coaching program, maybe it's a mastermind, or potentially we look at launching maybe like a membership, maybe it's a, you know, a $97 a month membership, or even a low ticket, like a $9 a month membership, just something that we can look at maximizing our revenue potential super, super important. We need to be able to make more than $197 off these people. And we can do that in a multitude of different ways. And the two that I would look at would likely be a membership so we can create some recurring revenue or looking at creating a high ticket offer or potentially even both. So like I was saying, breaking even or even a slight profit with 97 or $197 course when it's the only thing we're selling, rarely works because once you factor in your overhead, agency fees, your staff, it's just not profitable. So we want to increase the lifetime value, increase the amount of money that somebody can spend with us. So that pretty much wraps it up. So we've got the seven solutions and I'm just going to quickly run through those again. We've got the offer, revisiting the offer, revisiting the messaging and positioning of how we're going to market and what we're trying to sell. Looking at our pricing, starting to make that pricing more appealing, starting to look at how we can start to create some order bumps, some upsells and increase that average order value. Looking at the funnels, not needing to overcomplicate things, but making sure that we can create some second chance opportunities for us to make sure that we are building our email list making sure that we begin to implement email marketing and behavioral and segmentation so that we can be very relevant and specific with what we're offering people. That personalization is incredibly important. Brand building efforts are going to be important across the board. Branding has been shown in studies by, um, I believe it's Peter Field and Les Bennett. Branding outperforms sales activation. So just trying to get a conversion, just trying to get a sale. And then we have on the other side of things, branding, which is brand building efforts, which usually are a little bit more long-term focused. And when we combine those together, we drastically outperform one just on its own. So we always want to be incorporating brand building activities and backend. We want to increase our maximum revenue potential in all of our marketing activities, simply rolling out an additional program rolling out a higher ticket program in an instance like this, when we only have one lower ticket product can be a phenomenal way to increase the revenue that our business can generate. So I really do hope that this helps. If you do have an online course that is struggling to sell, or if you do have an online course that you're looking to launch, taking these into consideration to create a great plan right from the start, or using this as a guide to kind of troubleshoot where you might be stuck with yours 